What's going on, beautiful huddle lights? Listen, bad cravings no more. I know, I know, everybody has these bad cravings. Rylan, how are you going to get rid of the bad cravings? We're going to do some deep diving into some psychology today, and I'm going to tell you exactly how to obliterate cravings that make you fat by using a weird car salesman strategy. So stick with us. It's going to be fun. You're going to like it. And next time you buy a car, you're going to be able to see something that you didn't see before. The Daily Huddle is a growing tribe of passionate people who want to uplift humankind through their work and throughout their communities. We invite you to elevate the way you experience life through rich and inspiring conversations with today's thought leaders. Be prepared to challenge your views about leadership, health, money, spirituality, communication, and relationships. Welcome to The Daily Huddle. Good morning. Hey, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Facebook. Good morning, Daily Huddle. Good morning to each and every one of you that has made the decision to join us here today on The Daily Huddle. My name is Vince Roundtree, and my co-host is Roland Venata. The two of us are the co-host of the Health, Wellness, and Vitality Show. And every Tuesday morning, it is our goal, our objective to bring you information and facts and things that you didn't know that will make you healthier, happier, and have more energy and vitality to go through your day and your life. We need to get rocking and rolling. So, uh, Ron, talk to us, man. Tell, tell me about tell me about this car salesman thing. Tell me about <laughs> this craving thing. Everybody's got cravings, and I am looking forward to learning from you yeah. this morning. Talk so, to us. So, thank thank you very much. So, let me ask y'all a question: Have y'all ever fought cravings? Just in general, you fought cravings in your life. Wave at me. Have you ever fought cravings? Right, right. You're like. There's something that you know that you ought to be doing, yet there's this other background you that's wanting to do this other thing, right? Um, <laughs> so I'm reminded by a scripture, uh, Apostle Paul said that uh, the thing that I want to do is the thing I don't do, and the thing that I don't do is the thing I want to do. And it's and it's kind of the same same idea, right? You're like, oh, I don't want that cake, but I want that cake. You know what I mean? So here's, uh, you know, it, it, in my past, um, before my restaurant career, I was a car salesman for a while. And I learned some things from car salesmen that is absolutely phenomenal. And I use them all the time on myself. Now, think of this. There are people that make it their entire life's work is to sell cars and to and. They don't feed their family unless they get a car sold. And a car sold is quite a bit of, uh, it's, it's a chunk of change, right? Anybody ever bought a car and spent more money than they want to spend, <laughs> right? Like like you bought a car, you get the car and you got it, right? And you, or maybe you went and you're like, I don't know if I'm, I'm just going to look today, but then you end up driving off a lot with a car. Well, the, uh, the, you know, car salesmen, sometimes they get a bad rap and sometimes they should, but but there are some strategies and there are some psychological principles that they rely on in order to feed their family because they don't they don't get paid 
unless typically car salesmen like on on like a like a a Ford lot or a uh, you know Chevy lot or whatever whatever make you have typically it's purely commission based. So if they don't make a sale, guess what? Their family don't eat, right? So they have gotten really 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 good at deciding between which of the people they're speaking to. What do I mean by that? So, you know, when you go and you buy a car, like, yeah, I kind of want to buy this car, but then there's that other part of you that's like, I don't know if I want to buy this car or not, right? And it's like that with all things that we make decisions on, right? So you could almost say you have a craving to buy a new car, but then you don't have a new craving and vice versa. And they have become experts at talking to the person that wants to buy the car, right? And what... I do with our food fixers a lot and people are in coaching program is I do something with them that I call thinking past the sale. I say, I call it, I did not call it this. This is a principle. Um, and you know, one of my first cousins was a car salesman. He was the lead car salesman in the, in middle, middle Tennessee and the Murfreesboro area. And he told me something that right as I was learning this principle, he, he said, that's exactly what I do. Um, so what he would do is when he would sell a car, what he would do is he would have the people drive it around and he'd say, now, where do you, do you live pretty close to here? He's like, yeah, I just live about 10, 15 minutes away. So, like, well, why don't you drive over there and make sure that the car fits in your garage? He'd make sure they had a garage. He'd make sure it fits in the garage. Okay. So then they would drive. And they would, because, right, that's a good thing to know whether it fits right, right? Because sometimes, door, right? So they would pull in there, right? And then he'd say, now, do you, now on, the, on the way there, he would ask if they golf or if they do any kind of things like that. And if they golfed, then he'd say, hey, um, why don't you pop the trunk now that we're here and make sure that your golf clubs fits in the trunk well, okay? Now, what he's doing is he's causing people to take an ownership of the car mentally and emotionally that goes far beyond the actual transaction that takes place between buying the car. And this is all happening front loaded before they ever go in to do the paperwork. This is just the test drive. Okay. And so what happens is he pushes the people's mind further into the future called thinking past the sale, past the sale, think pushing the mind further into the future. Why? So that they see their golf clubs in that thing and they get emotionally involved in that idea. I say emotionally involved, they feel it. it viscerally, bodily, they see it. It's it's there in front of them. And so it, it radically increases the likelihood that they will purchase this vehicle. Okay. So what does that have to do with cravings, Rollin? Here we go. So I do this a lot to myself. And I show my food fixers exactly how to do this. And today, you guys are going to learn right now. Okay, so this is what you do. Let's say you have a donut versus a piece of broccoli, right? Most people, right, it's like, ah, I want that donut, rather. And if you don't like donuts, then pick a thing that, pick a cheese pizza, pick a thing that you know is not the thing you ought to be eating. And and contrast that with the thing you know you ought to be eating that you're not eating, okay? So you got two things right here, okay? Now, here's the deal. Most people do not understand the principle of thinking past a sale. So they make their decision based on what they believe 
it, it will be a positive or negative experience right now, this moment. Right? So if I eat the broccoli, well, it's not going to be nearly as fun or good as if I eat chocolate, triple layer chocolate cake. Right. So they're looking at all that tricky. So they are in the they are in the they're in the moment of right now. This tastes good right now. They're not pushing their mind into the future. They're push. They're keeping their mind present. What you can do is you can actually push your mind into the future and ask yourself how you will feel about eating the cake in two hours from now. Will you be happy or sad that you ate that cake? How many of y'all ever ate a cake or ate something that you shouldn't have and then like two, three hours later be like, ah, I can't believe, why did I do that? Why in the world did I do that? I just don't understand why anybody, wave at me if y'all have ever had that experience, right? You're like, why, Uh, why'd I do that? Like, I'm never doing that again until it's right in front of me again, until it's right in front of me again, right? Once it's in front of you again, you're like, oh, look at that. Mm." They're right in the cell. So what you want to do is you want to make yourself think past the cell and capture the emotion of past the cell. Now, what that would mean? Well, you imagine the broccoli, but then you start thinking about in two hours how proud you will be of yourself, how much lighter you will feel, how much more energy you will feel, how that you'll be able to brag on yourself to the people that told you that you wouldn't be able to sustain it, right? All those people that says, ah, well, you ain't going to be able to do that for long. How long are you going to do that plant-based nonsense? They don't know. And so you're like, they're like, what? You eating broccoli? Yeah, and I'm loving it. Oh, man, I'm going to feel so good in the next two hours. And you push yourself into the future mentally, emotionally, psychologically, bodily. And then you do the opposite with the bad food. Now you think past the cell with the bad food and you think about how terrible you're going to feel, how your stomach is going to ache how the scale is going up and not just how the scale is going up, but how you don't like it when you gain the extra pounds, when you look at yourself naked in the mirror or when you go to the beach or when you go swimming and you connect a negative emotion to the cake, to the bad food far into the future. And you do the same thing, but you connect positive emotions to the good food far into the future. And you make your decision based on those two future-based decisions, not the other way around. And immediately you will feel a huge shift in which one you presently want. And when you do that, you just collected so much extra power upon your own decision-making ability it will scare you at how much better you will be able to combat those cravings. Mr. Fish Roundtree, um, you tell a story about how that, <laughs> you hate when I ask you this, but I'm going to ask you again. Um, so you tell a story about how when you were first deciding to, to, to eat healthy, um, and that you were being flown all over the country, and there was a man with a tall white hat that want and 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 eggs and breakfast was your favorite food. Am I correct about this? Favorite food. Explain how eggs. you thought past the sale. 
in well, order to shift your cravings to never eating it again. It was it it you know the the technique that you are describing right now is exactly what I did because I was I was a businessman traveling, staying at Marriotts, staying at Hyatt hotels, and I'm on expense, so the company's paying for my food, and I would go down in the morning, uh, and the the chef with the tall white hat was standing in front of the griddle, and the man is telling me, "Hey, what would you like on your omelet?" Now, I had just lowered my cholesterol from 240 down to 132 by not eating these foods. And that part was easy because it was a it was an experiment. And I felt like, well, if I'm conducting an experiment, don't screw up your I mean, I wanted to know what would happen if I got rid of all animal-based products. Meat, cheese, I don't, I don't care if it's the organic, free-range chicken. I don't care if it's with the skin pulled up. I don't, none of it. I, 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 I had read what Esselstyn had done, and I had watched a YouTube lecture from him, and he said that his people didn't eat any animal-based foods, and they reversed their heart disease. So I wanted to see, well, how much is this going to lower my cholesterol? So that part was easy. It was the first six weeks and the results were phenomenal. And I just knew you don't contaminate a test. So, I, I mean, I was, it was a hundred percent and it was easy because I, I wanted to see what's going to happen, what's going to happen, what's going to happen. But after I got the results, then it's like, wow, well now I see my body responds really well to getting rid of animal-based foods. It really pulled my cholesterol down like, crazy from 240 down to 132. I thought that was like, how could that happen? The bad cholesterol went from 170 down to 78. How am I going to maintain that? Now I know that that's what's going to happen. How am I going to maintain that? Because now I'm, I still want bacon and eggs. I mean, I still wanted to drive past McDonald's and I couldn't decide between a bacon, egg and cheese and a sausage, bacon, egg, an egg biscuit. So I got one of each. Why decide when you can have two? I mean, I'm, I'm going to want two anyway. That's what I normally did. And But staying at the hotels and having your fresh omelet, Dude gonna make it just like you want it. He got the cheddar cheese, he's got bacon, he's got sausage, he's got link sausage, he's got the uh, sausage pack. Oh my, it's gonna, it's gonna be amazing. How in the world am I not gonna do it? My thinking past the sale was I had, after I had this um, incredible result, a year before I would go on plant-based, a friend of mine died in a, a motorcycle accident. And when I went to the funeral, I watched his daughters trying to speak at his funeral. And I mean, it was obviously as a tragic accident. I mean, and he was a, a war veteran and special forces. I mean, this guy was like invincible. I mean, and, and um, you know, watching his daughters at the funeral was, I mean, it, you know, they, 
they got up to talk about how much they loved their daddy and they were about the same age as my daughter and they couldn't speak. They just, they were just overcome with grief and understandably so. And I mean, everyone in the church was just, tears just flood. It was just a horrible situation. And so what I did, you're trying to figure out, well, what does that have to do with me standing in front of the man with the tall white hat? Is because what I did was when I looked at this guy that I really wanted the omelet. I'm telling you, I wanted the omelet. I mean, it smelled good, and I'm looking at other people go in front of me, and they, and I'm like, oh my god. Well, the reason why I didn't get the omelet is because I just imagined what would my daughter say at my funeral if I eat all of these omelets and die of a heart attack? How would I feel knowing that I put her through that pain because I wanted omelets, because I wanted bacon, egg, and cheese biscuits? Is it worth it? Or am I going to be a man and protect my daughter from that pain? That became easy. Oh, man. Am I going to be the man that protects my family? Oh, man. That was heavy, Vince. Seriously. You had never added that part to it. Oh, my goodness. Um, Thank you for sharing that. But do y'all see how much more powerful, how different of an experience it is while he's standing there in front of the egg omelet man? <laughs> right? Like most people, when they get ready, because, but you know, when they get ready to make the decision, like, ah, it tastes good, right? They don't, you, they don't, they don't think past the self. They don't go into the future and think past what happens if I do, what happens if I don't. Really, it's a cost analysis. Right. We tell I tell people this uh, in our challenge sometimes, like if they decide they're going to invest in our coaching, I say, well, here's the deal. Make the decision based on logic. Don't make it just on emotion based on. I mean, it is emotional, but base it on logic. Okay, how much does a heart attack cost? Right. Open heart surgery costs at the minimum one hundred twenty five thousand dollars. Our coaching is drastically less than that. (laughs) Drastically less than that. Right. And so which one makes the most sense, right? And 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 that really like you will be a thousand percent more successful at this game when you're deciding what foods to eat, what foods not to eat, because you already know some of the things you ought to be eating that you're not, that, that you should be and that you shouldn't be, et cetera, et cetera. So the trick is how do you actually get your body to do what you want it to do or rather what you know what it should do rather than just what it craves to do? And how you do that is you think past the cell. So I hope that's helpful. I'm done. Let's ask for questions. Yeah. Who who has a question or a comment or a suggestion on today's topic? It is a different one. I get it. I get it. But this is the Daily Huddle. And this is the place where we give you information that will help you throughout your day and your life. 
Any questions? Any and and this, you know, the reason why I wanted to do this for you guys is because this is this is the this is coaching right here, right? When you learn how to do that, like, and and that's just a small piece, but like when you learn how to do that, it changes the game, right? I, well, I can tell you, we for for a year we've sat here and told y'all what you ought to be eating, right, and what you ought not to be eating. Right now, the question is, how do you actually implement it? You got to implement it. You can't you, you got to implement it. And, uh, you know, when they do surveys with people on a scale of one to ten, how healthy do you eat? Everybody is like nine, or eight out of ten, nine eight, out of ten, eight, nine, eight, nine. Everybody, everybody. And and, and what is it? Seventy, 80 percent of uh, us are overweight. Ah, I eat healthy. I, I eat pretty healthy. You know, forty percent of Americans are either diabetic or pre-diabetic. Forty, forty percent are either diabetic or pre-diabetic. Forty percent of the adult population. That means every ten people you see, that's four of them. It's, but if you ask people if they eat well, of course, yeah, I, I, I eat pretty healthy. I, I do. I eat pretty healthy. Eighty percent are overweight. 40% are obese. But everybody thinks that they eat well. Mm-hmm. So you got to think, you, you got you to you think into the future. You got to think, I can, I can tell you that is the only thing that kept me from eating that omelet. But it was effective because that was back in 2011. You know how many times I had eggs since then? You know how many times? I had, that, in fact, August 5th, 2011. Zero. Zero. I never, never, never allowed myself to do that because I wouldn't want it once. I would want it a lot. And none was just easier. Well, can I have a cheat day? Why would I want to subject my body to this risk of a heart attack to have a cheat day? Why? I mean, and that just keeps the that just keeps the addiction going. I mean, alcoholics don't allow themselves a cheat day to have a drink because it just prolongs the addiction. No, I'm cut off. I'm not addicted to bacon and eggs anymore. I'm done. And if you allow yourself to have a cheat day, you 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 undo the damage. You you undo the good that you've done all week, and you're still addicted. You're still feeding your addiction. No, I don't, wouldn't want to do that. Uh, CC, you had your hand up, and you were nice and patient. And we went on and to another story. And I just wanted to recognize you and see if you still had a question or a comment, CC. Yes, thank you so much for the dialogue and the conversation. Actually. Um, I didn't have a why um, because I didn't have high blood pressure, diabetes, or any medical problems. And perhaps when you said something about addiction, why would I want to go back to doing what caused me to be obese at one time? And so, no, I don't want to go back to doing that. And I, I hear what you guys are saying. And today it's a great day because you guys came out here and gave us some more good information. So thank you so much for everything that y'all share. Thank you, Cece. Thank you, Cece. Thank you. 
and 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 just in case anybody wants to join us on our five day challenge, I'm putting the link in the chat right now on Zoom. And Lisette, if you could be kind enough to copy that and paste that into the Facebook, I would be eternally grateful because that is a link that will allow you to join us for a mere seven bucks in five days. That can change your life. Yeah, we'll we'll yell at you for seven day, or five days in a row. No, not really. Don't. <laughs> Think of this as something you're going to do for the rest of your life. Do not think. The purpose of the challenge is to say, what can happen to you if you do this for just a few days? What can happen? Just look at it as, I'm going to try this for five days. Just see what happens. Now, what are you going to try? You're going to try eating as much as you want. You're going to try not counting your calories. Don't count carbs. Don't cut your portion size. Don't cut your meals. If you want to eat five, six, seven meals a day, eat as much as you want. And see if you don't still lose weight if you're eating the foods that we tell you to eat. Try us. Try us. On our our last week's coaching call, a lady said, Vince Roundtree, I tried to make you a liar. I tried to make you a liar. I kept on eating watermelon. I kept on eating potatoes. I kept on eating bananas, thinking that my fasting glucose is going to go up. I'm going to make you a liar. And she kept on eating the watermelon. She kept on eating the potatoes. She kept on eating the bananas. And her fasting glucose kept dropping. She said, I tried to make you a liar, but I couldn't do it. What you said is what happened. And after 20 years, she's no longer a diabetic. You know, what we do for people when we get them to think past the sale. Go ahead, Robin. That's right, Vince. Um, And I just want to mention, and then I want to go to Sorrell's question, then we'll wrap up. Uh, I want to mention that... um, you know, that the watermelon, the potatoes, all those things, like she also eliminated all the things that was causing it, right? So since we didn't cover that specifically in today's class, even though we have in pa- other past, I don't want anybody to get the idea. Oh, just add in a bunch of potatoes and watermelons and bananas on top of what I'm already eating, because then you got some problems, okay? <laughs> so you got some like really bad problems. So, um, uh, you know, we're not, we're not, this is not medical advice. This is education only. Um, you know, in these short snippets, people can could easily get the wrong idea sometimes. So I want to make sure that you always, uh, you know, follow your m- medical practitioner's advice, et cetera, et cetera, and all that jazz. Terrell, what's going on? Hey, man, I wanted to say this. One of the things that the five day challenge offers that people may neglect is that I think I could do it by myself. You know, I always think I can do it by myself. And then I get into a community that's doing the same thing. And now I've got brothers and sisters to play with. Man, those brothers and sisters go way beyond Vince and Rollin. So I'm I'm coming out to say, I did the five-day challenge. And it is the community that made the difference. And until you 
I've experienced it until you are part of a community that's pulling you away from what it's like today for you. You don't get it. I guarantee you, you cannot do it by yourself. Get into a community. And the five-day challenge is the beginning of creating that tribe for yourself. A tribe that says what Vince is about to say when he wraps up. <laughs> thank you, Sorrell. Thank you so much. Thank you, Sorrell. And thank you, Rollin, for catching that they only got part of the story on the, the reason why the lady uh, ate more watermelon, ate more banana, and her fasting glucose dropped. You're, thank you for helping me uh, catch that. Is that the whole story that she got? Yeah, uh, I, I was just thinking if somebody had first came to the Daily Huddle for the very first time, they only heard that. You know, I mean, it would be a problem. Yeah, you, you're you're exactly right. So thank you for catching that. Well, uh, I, I got 31 minutes past the hour. Oh my goodness, Rashida! You know, see, this happens. Our coaching calls all the time. We go over time. We go over by like an hour. We say our coaching calls an hour. And we do two hours because we can't <laughs> stop answering questions because Good we mind up for people. Good morning, guys. I am so sorry. Listen, I am so happy with what um Sarah just said. And I'm going to go on the challenge just to give it, give myself my birthday present. My birthday is the 29th. So I'm gonna go on the challenge with you our guys just for my birthday. I am going and do that with you our guys. We're gonna sing so happy much. birthday to you too. <laughs> Thank, thank, thank you, Rashida. Thank you, Rashida. Go ahead, sign up, and we look forward to seeing you in the challenge. So thank you. We are looking forward to seeing you and helping you. I don't know what your goal is yet, but we want to help you get there. Thank you. All right. All right. Wrap up, Vance. I thought I thought was going to get – I thought for sure – it's two minutes past the hour, and I thought when I got done at 13 minutes after, I thought, oh, my goodness – We've got a, I went fast. I was like, Vince. So I was like, what's an example that I know that Vince has used for himself that's thinking past the cell? I was like, oh, I'll ask him to tell that story. He tells that story. We get done five minutes before. I'm like, man, this is going to be the first daily huddle ever, 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 ever that we were done before 30 minutes. Well, it's two minutes past. We, uh, we, we have to give, we have to fill people's cup up so that it is overflowing. <laughs> it's overflowing. It gets... That's right. Well... If we I, were Kool-Aid, then it'd be getting all over your shirt. You'd have you'd have to change your shirt. <laughs> red Kool-Aid. That's a flavor. Red Kool-Aid. That's right. That's right. All right. Wrap us up, Vince. You know, I want you to go look in the mirror at, at the end of, you know, the, when this is done. I want you to look in the mirror and I want you to appreciate your body appreciate this this beautiful gift of life because you you only have one body in this lifetime this is it if you touch it look in the, what you see in the mirror you take for granted but it's the only body that you have in this lifetime. If you don't take care of it, where are you going to live? 
You've only got one body in this lifetime. So eat as though your life depends on it. Because it does. At the Daily Huddle, we agree that the best way to kick off the day is to adhere to Patty Dabrowski's seven principles for having a happy body, sexy skin, a laughing spirit, and a rewarding life. Give. Give of your time, your full attention, and of your unique talents. Move. Move your body to keep it feeling energized and alive. Eat mostly plants. Plants are the purest fuel to help you reach your potential each day. Sleep. Sleep is how the body repairs itself and readies us to give our very best each day. Stress less. According to John Perkins, stress is just a problem without a solution. Choose your solution and dismiss that stress. Laugh. Laugh out loud from your belly to your chest and with your head tossed back. You will fire up your endorphins and bring more energy to everyone around you. Love. Most of all, love. With your words, your thoughts, and your actions. Power them with love and watch the way you experience life elevate to all it can be. We thank you for joining us on The Daily Huddle. We are a growing tribe of passionate professionals seeking to inspire a new generation of leaders. Go out and share your unique ability to impact the world. Until next time, 